Hey there, super friends. It's Kev, host of Everything is Awesome. Uh, another bonus episode right here on Monday. Yeah, we had bonus Friday. Now we're having bonus Monday. Um, I just, I did a couple of these shorter interviews that, well, they, they were only supposed to be 15 minutes long. Um, and you notice that they were probably averaged about 30, 35 minutes. I just can't keep my trap shut if you haven't noticed here on Everything is Awesome. Um, but we, yes, we have another bonus episode coming up right here. I sat down and chatted for only a brief period of time, uh, Howard Eisenberg, who, after talking to him, I realized is a very interesting person, and I, I, I'm going to try to get him back on the show uh, because he has so many stories. He's turning 90 very, very soon. So this is a man who um, fought in World War II, uh, and he worked with Eddie Fisher, uh, which you'll hear in this interview. Uh, but I didn't even know... Um, what that meant when him and I were sitting down and speaking, that's, that's Carrie Fisher's father. That is, uh, Princess Leia's dear old dad. That is the Darth Vader in this situation here. That's, um, so cool. There's so many stories that he had that we didn't even get into. Uh, but here's... Stay tuned. Coming up after the intro uh, is just a little short uh, uh, interview, about about half hour long. It's a bonus interview for you, for you here on Everything Is Awesome. Uh, and don't worry, on Wednesday we will be back with part two of my conversation with Mr. Jeff Stormer uh, from last week's episode. Um, but I just had so many of these uh, little mini ones recorded that I wanted to get them out um, as bonus episodes. They didn't really, didn't really fit into the schedule anywhere. So uh, I figured release them as bonuses. Why not? Um, so here it is. Welcome to Everything is Awesome. This is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. This week's guest is one of those uh, great little finds that comes our way. Uh, it's it's going to be part of our bonus episode this week. Uh, and uh, we we have a um, common theme here on this show, if you haven't noticed. And this is, you know, not for, it's for the new listeners. Uh, it's for our guest this week. Um... Uh, the theme is storytelling. Uh, you know, no matter what you do or what our guests do, um, storytelling is kind of in the wheelhouse. And usually, uh, when we get into a deep storytelling conversations, um, we're on the phone or in, in the studio with uh, an author, and that's what we have this week with us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the show this week's guest. Uh, probably should have verified his last name before uh, just hopping on the phone and hopping on the interview. Uh, as he'll learn to discover, we uh, we go things we do things very loosely here, very very much on the fly. Uh, please welcome to the show Howard, and I'm going to try not to butcher Eisenberg. That sounds right to me. Perfect. Uh, thank you for being on the show, sir. I, uh, you know, it's um, the I, I never turn down an invitation, whether it's to a party, to or a show. Oh, perfect. And this is, we try to keep things loose and like that. We like we like to have fun. 
tangents are very welcome. Uh, you can ask any one of our listeners or, or our past guest. Uh, I, well, I had a guest on recently. Um, our conversation somehow ended up being two hours long, and we did not even talk once once about uh, what he was there to promote. We ended up just talking a, about everyday life, uh, and it was such an unexpected turn of events. But that's what happens on the show from time to time. This is one of the we, this is one of the ones where we try to keep it reined in, especially when we're talking to a fellow East Coaster so that we, we aren't up too, too late. Uh, and again, like I said uh, before we started, so thank you for, for willing, being willing to do this so late. Well, I'm still awake. Uh, so um, you, uh, you have a couple books that um, you have uh, written that um, uh, was sent our way uh, to, to kind of talk about. Um, before we get into that, do you want to talk about like w- how you began writing and how you got into um, being a storyteller? Actually, it's funny that you should say that because I, I re- just realized recently that that's what I am, a storyteller. I've been doing it for about 70 years. Oh, wow. And I, I never noticed. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's... I, I, I usually tell other people's... I've been telling other people's stories okay. all my life, and now all of a sudden... People are asking me about my story. It's kind of kind of interesting. And not that my story is interesting. Interesting that I suddenly realized it. <laughs> well, you know what? Everyone, I think, has the ability to to be a storyteller. Um, I'm not. I, I like to dabble in writing uh, here and there, uh, but I would never fancy myself a writer uh, or an author, so to speak. I would. I would always say I'm a storyteller because that's. You know, I think everyone has that ability. It's just that what medium do you choose? Is it writing? Is it music? Is it film? Uh, is it podcasting for some people? Um, and, and you uh, seemingly have chosen um, becoming an author and writing. Um, uh, is your first novel Guess Who Zoo? No, I've been writing for, as I said, an, a very long time. Okay. I started in the Army, World mm-hmm. War II. I guess this is Memorial Day, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, so although, for those listening, happy Memorial, happy Memorial Day. Day. It may, may not be when you pro- play your bonus. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I, I started as an 18-year-old in the Army when, the, when I, I was in the infantry just for the last six weeks of the war in Germany, crossing the Rhine River, chasing chasing the Germans at that point. So... When we we settled down in an SS barracks after the the, the the Germans had surrendered, and my commanding officer said, "I I see that you have had a couple of years of college, so how about writing us a newspaper just to keep the guys busy?" So I did, and I when I saw people, I interviewed a few of the guys and uh, had no experience doing it, but uh, it, well, it just seemed that it was fun to do, and when I when I saw them reading. The Company K Rifleman, which is the name I gave it, okay. gave the newspaper. Uh, I said to myself, "I want to do this the rest of my life." So that's how it started for me. That's that's fascinating. Uh, we don't have you would be our first um, veteran of any sort, especially uh, World War II. That's fascinating. Can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, your time in the war and and uh, what experiences you had there that kind of have shaped you as a writer? Well, uh, I think I found myself crossing the Rhine River in a rubber in a rubber boat with machine gun bullets going overhead. Crazy! As my first experience, I had just gotten there, and as I said, it was six weeks before the war ended. But I didn't know it was going to end that quickly. Yeah, and it was just 
it was like being in a movie at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get hit. We got on the other side and assembled. And I was carrying a bazooka. I didn't know how to fire because they just handed it to me when I joined the unit. And I had only fired it once in basic training. So we moved forward to get the machine gun that had been firing at us. And the captain said, bazooka up front. And I didn't know what the hell to do. But fortunately, the guy who had all the the rockets in a, in a satchel or whatever it was turned and ran to the rear. And so I had to chase after him by the time we got back with the, the rockets and hoping somebody could show me how to use a bazooka. They had already taken the machine gun there. So that was uh, that was one of my favorite experiences because I survived. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's uh, there's obviously not many people who can get into the line of fire and, and tell the same tale. Well, it was, it was, you know, there were, there were some more firefights, but not a lot. And then it was over, and that's when I started writing. And I'd rather write than fight. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's, I my mindset is is uh, anything but fight. I, I run away at the first drop of a hint that there's going to be a fist thrown, let alone any kind of gunfire. Oh, you uh, would have been a guy, you would have been the guy with the bazooka shells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, the, the, we, I'm... I'm grateful for uh, I, I'm in my early 30s, so I'm grateful for the world that um, I grew up in as a kid where I it wasn't um, there wasn't a, like a, a real need. And so like I ended high school, you know, in, in, with 2011, obviously, or not 2011, 2001 um, with with 9-11. Uh, obviously, there, there until then, there was really no like uh, need to drive me. Uh, and there was a short period of time where. I had a buddy who joined uh, just before 9-11 and just before 9-11 happened, like he also came back to our school to recruit. And there was a time where like everyone was saying, you should go, you should join. And like they have, I mean, like I'm a computer guy, so I, I can repair computers. They have a program for that where you can go do that. And it was, it was a thought at, at one point, but uh, I think the old um, run, uh, the, the fleeting aspect of my life kicked in and the fear aspect of my life kicked in uh, before I actually signed anything. But um, I do. Before we go anywhere else, I do want to um, thank you for your service. Uh, and oh, no, no, I, I wasn't. I did not win the war single-handed. Believe oh, me. Uh, yes, yes. It's it's you and all your brothers in arms. Um, so you know, thanking you and and everyone else um, who has ever fought a war. Uh, That's the first time I ever told that story, other than to my grandchildren grandson that's uh that's you know what i i don't get a chance to talk to um many people that were alive uh let alone fought in that time um you know i i think my grandfather was uh in in a war probably one of probably world war ii i i don't really know uh, we weren't really close um but when i get to hear even if it's just listening um to other interviews or television programs it's fat i'm always fascinated fascinated listening to history from people who are actually there and experienced it so I, I i thank you for sharing that story with us well it's a it, it's now that it's all over it's a fun story while it was yeah. happening it wasn't that much fun uh, i'm sure i'm sure it's 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 uh anything in that's that intense uh can't is is fun in hindsight hindsight's always where you can have a much better view at things you know, I've had, I've, the, the history, the other kinds of history came later. Uh, I worked with Eddie Fisher for five or six years. And, uh, if you remember Eddie Fisher, I don't know if you do. 
Then, the superstar singer of the 50s. Oh, okay. Debbie Reynolds, Liz Taylor were his couple of his wives. And uh, so I was his publicist, and I wrote for his TV show. And it was it was it, I, it was the same kind of feeling of adventure. I was doing something that was really interesting, um, that you just ordinarily read about in the fan magazines or or, or a feature story about somebody like that. Mm. So it really attracted me. I wrote a lot of articles. Uh, I ghosted a lot of articles for him. And um, and it was it was it was kind of exciting. And I, I met my wife through him. My wife turned out to be the most important thing in my life. Yeah. I don't know if you know it, but she wrote a book that you unless you have children, you may not know about it. What to expect when you're expecting? Oh, uh, I do. I have a, a four-year-old son, and I have a two-year-old daughter. And um, I we had that book at one time during during the first pregnancy. So that's very interesting. That's uh, wow. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I, I met Arlene at, at the, outside the Paramount Theater stage okay. door uh, when Eddie had played. Was just breaking in through the crowd of singers of his age and his time, and uh, there was Arlene with her mother who wanted to to, to sing, wanted to hear him sing, and she came. She just came along. Thank God for that. That's um, that's uh, a, a, a great story. Um, I'm, so, I, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry if I sound distracted. There's actually, I have a pile of books next to me, and I was like flipping through them to see because this is where I have like some of the older books that we don't really read anymore. And I was like, it's got to be in here somewhere. I was just flipping the, so that's why I sound a little distracted. I wanted to see if I could find it. Um, so you, you, well, there, there, you may have one of the 34 million yeah. copies. Yeah, yeah. No, we we. Um, I, I that one I did I don't think I read that one in particular. I uh that was the one that my fiance ended up reading. Um there's a there's a like a what to expect when you're a father or something like that. Well, yeah, they have a whole series of books, right? Yeah, well, so, there's a lot about about fa- about you know parenting for yeah. both the mother and the father in the books. Yeah. So they didn't neglect the fa- they did not neglect the father no no um i don't know I, that was i guess because she had that one in her hand i was like well i'll go buy and i'll go buy another one and i'll buy one and that's the, whatever one i found is what i picked up um you mentioned that uh and you kind of talked about it briefly here uh that you spent a long time writing for other people um and it all started yeah. with that news uh, letter that you created in the war um, right. at what point did you start writing for yourself well, writing for myself and writing for other people—it's really the same thing. I, I you know, I, I've been asked lately to do more writing about myself, and so I've done that. I just did a piece for the New York Observer, uh, which was uh, a, a writer's journey, um, talking about. It started with that story of how I became a writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it ran through all of the books I've written, the musical I've written, and the, the, the movie script I write with my son. He, he's an excellent uh, author, and he's a better writer than I am. And we we work together on a musical that's had its second reading, and we're looking for some theaters that might right. like to produce it. Very cool. And we have a we have a screenplay that we, he's just doing a second draft of it. Uh, so I'm having a lot of fun, and you know it's. Um, the fun doesn't stop. If he, uh, uh, Philip uh, Roth stopped at 82, uh, at 80, and Alice Monroe stopped at 82, and I'm, I'm just 
I haven't turned off the engines yet. Uh, I think that's one of the great, like if you find something that you love, um, it's one of those things that it's hard to turn off. Like it's, it's what you want to do until, uh, you know, you can't physically do it anymore. Uh, and, and that's like, I love, I'm sure people who listen to this and you may have gathered, like the, talking is one of my favorite things. Um, whether it's me hearing my own voice or just having interesting conversations, I don't know what it is, but, um, like I, I would not be able to live without like this medium podcasting. Like it, it's, it's what I love doing and I can't ever see stopping just like you keep on going with your writing. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, a musical, a screenplay. You actually have Guess Who Zoo, Adorable Scoundrels, some children's books that you've written. Um, is there a particular medium within writing that you prefer or find easier? I like to experiment. That's why I did a screenplay. That's why I did a musical. It's just, just you know, try everything. And uh, but and that's why I got into children's books. Um, in, not not directly because of that, but because my wife, Arlene, was very much involved with, uh, for example, toddlers. So mm. I just recently came out with Adorable Scoundrels, which is a, a book of 43, 43 uh, whimsical little poems about toddlers. So I, I've actually claimed the title of the, the uh, Toddler Poet Laureate because nobody else has the title. So I said, I was a guy. There you go. That's, you got to claim your titles. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I have, I have the book here if you want me to read it to you. Just so you yeah, know what, could you? That'd about. be great. But, but I, want, I do want to mention, though, that the books that your kids, these are, this is for parents, mm-hmm. but the books that you should be reading with your kids are the, the Guess Who Zoo, the Guess Who Farm, and the Guess Who Neighborhood. They're for ages three to nine. Oh, okay. But, but, you know, little kids absolutely love them, so... I could read one of those to to you too, but uh, to go to adorable scout. This is this is for you. You're a parent, yes, and you're a parent of of, of, of a time. Yes, yes, definitely. So I think you will recognize this. Do you remember when you were going out to to uh, to when you were um, in the courtship with your your fiance, and yes. you'd go out to the best restaurant you could afford, and uh, you'd be drinking wine by candlelight. Yes. What, well, here's what it's like afterward when you have the toddler, and I th- I'm sure you'll recognize this. It's called Floor Walker. Um, it's illustrated by Susan Robinson, who has a picture of a table with the wife sitting down. There's a candelabra there, but the husband is holding the toddler, walking around. Carafes of wine by candlelight is how we used to sup, but since our little darling came, we dine mostly standing up. <laughs> yep, that's that's uh, truer words have not been spoken. And there's one here that I'm sure you'll recognize too. Almost, it's called Art Choke. Has a little a picture of a little girl with crayons in her nose and three crayons in her mouth. Someday she'll be a, a dally. Someday she'll be a dally, a Renoir, or Van Gogh. At least an Andy Warhol is not a Picasso. For the moment, though, she's stymied, and we admit we're beaten by our toddler's artist block. She thinks crayons are for eating. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. In the four-plus years, uh, my son's a little older than four, 
I have not had to deal with uh, eating of crayons yet. Well, I hope I, I hope you will not. <laughs> the, the the best defense of, of against that is you eat all the crayons first. <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, you know what? Though I, I should take that back because my son did um, eat paint as we were do- when he was at, like two years old. He did eat paint while we were doing some projects for Mother's Day or something. So uh, it's if it's not one art form, it's the other. Right, right, right. But this one, I'm sure you'll recognize. I'm sure your son did this. It's called Unholy Roller. Okay. And it's a picture of a little kid in a bathroom. <laughs> he will not use the potty. He is stubborn on this issue, but loves going to the bathroom to unroll the toilet tissue. <laughs> oh, God. There's a picture of a little kid well, just totally wrapped up in toilet paper. Yeah, uh, both my kids, uh, both of them, uh, my son actually probably still does it, and uh, my daughter uh, learned that from him. Uh, So yes, that's very, very much true. So that's what these poems are all about. It's really the wonderful world of toddlers. Yeah, we love them, and we are scared to death of them. Oh, sometimes. it is. Um, it's it's uh, parenthood for me has been such a fun journey as as much as a. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the opposite of fun is. Scary journey, I guess. It's been everything you, every emotion you can think of, all wrapped into one long experience, and it's. When I was, so I'm, I'm 30, I'll, I'll be 32 this year. Um, so my son, I was 28 when my son was born, 27, 28. And, um, bef- I'd say about a year before that, I always said, Oh, I'll be in my mid thirties when I have my first kid. You know, I don't, you know, I, one, one kid is all I want, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's amazing that, that the instant that you find out, um, how everything changes. And then when the instant you first meet, uh, you know, for me, my son, I like instantly like I was happy to be a father. I couldn't wait to have more of them, uh, and that's those are the moments I look back to. Like all uh, the the when my daughter is throwing her her body into the floor, screaming and throwing a temper tantrum because she said she wanted a hot dog, and I said I'm cooking a hot dog, but it wasn't ready for her fast enough. Like th- those moments of of. Um, of just the temper tantrums. Uh, I just have to close my eyes and think back to when she was born and say, this is what it's all about. Well, I have a poem just for you. <laughs> it's, it's called Tactical Decision. And it shows a little girl having a tantrum, t- temper tantrum on the floor, on the street, and her mother is, has her back turned to her. And it, this, the poem is called Tactical Decision. Embarrassed by tantrums? Get this tactic down pat. Stand aloof and exclaim, gosh, whose child is that? <laughs> oh, God, that's so my fiance. She, every time we're in public, she just says, sir, can you calm down your child to me? I'm like, it's, yes, incredibly embarrassing. Oh, God. that they, you And obviously that comes with uh, experience as being a parent and even a grandparent at this point, I'm sure. Very, I'm at this point. I have just become a great grandparent. Oh, that's fantastic! That's that. Uh, it's got to be, uh, I guess, more fun for the uh, as the grandparent or great grandparent because you, you get all uh, no, the. No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I, I, just, I I just love being. I I had my first child when about the same time you did. I think I was like twenty seven, twenty eight, and it was it. The whole experience with three kids was just. 
the best piece of my life. Not, yeah. not the, you know, there have been so many great pieces, mm-hmm. but one of the greatest. Yes. I just kids are so wonderful when they're nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the key word. When, when they're, when they're nice. not being awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's it's. You know what? I've discovered. I'm an only child, and I don't know if that's what uh, originally drove me to like say, "Oh, I'll have one kid when I'm older." But having the first kid, uh, hey, glad having it in in my late twenties versus my mid to late thirties because like now in my early thirties, I, I already feel like I'm falling apart trying to keep up with the kids. Uh, but just the thought of having one now, like that, like. As soon as I had the one, like after he kind of got out of that cute phase, it was like, I need to have another one. And like three seems to be our three or four is our magic number. Like we know we're going to have some more once we know we can handle being outnumbered. Like right now, we know we can handle one on one, but uh, we don't think we can handle being outnumbered quite yet. Well, it's, it's going to be a great trip for you. you. You're just seeing the beginning of it. Yeah. And of course, when they get to be teenagers well <laughs> there's one your, your daughter fits this one it's called positively revolting little girls are delicious steal your heart by all means ain't it a shame that they turn into teens <laughs> oh god yeah to like that's my fear is is when she's a teenager that is because I look at her now and I know like I'm already wrapped around her finger. She's a teenager. It's either a going to be a lot of screaming or it's going to she's going to look at me and bat her eyes and she's going to get what she wants. I don't, I don't know. It's I, I everyone warns me of the teenage years with both kids. Well, that's why it was so much fun to write this book. I used to read these when Arlene was on a book a book tour and she would. She would introduce me by saying, if you're going to have a toddler, you better have a sense of humor. Mm. And then I'd get up and read some of these poems. That was 20, more than 20 years ago, and oh, wow. I never got around to doing the book until just this year. Well, I'm, so, I'm glad you did. They, they, they sound great. Um, and I know if uh, people are interested in picking up uh, Adorable Scoundrels, uh, they can go to Amazon. Uh, we'll have a link for that in uh, oh, great, the blog great. post that goes with this podcast. Um, but I'm sure you, if you just search on Amazon, Adorable Scandals, you'll be able to find it. Um, you also have, uh, is it called the Guess Who series or is it just Guess Who Zoo? And no, Adorable Scandal is for parents. Yes, yes, a yes. bunch of books for kids. Yes. Guess Who Zoo, Guess Who Farm. Okay. Uh, you know, I could read a little from that if you like. Uh, yeah, if you, you know what, if you, before we wrap up the show, if you want to read a little bit from one of your um, Guess Who books that are for the kids, uh, that'd be great. Okay, sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, well, I could do, I could do. The, you think your, your kid kids would like a farm or the zoo? Zoo, the zoo, the, the zoo yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, well, it starts with a narrative. Okay. Uh, it's the zookeeper. All all these stuff I do is in rhyme. Not all the things. I mean, mm-hmm. when I've written books, they're not always mm-hmm. obviously not always in rhyme. Mm-hmm. But for children's books, rhyme books are the a wonderful introduction to reading. Yes. And because they're fun, mm-hmm. and so a lot of educators say. You know, Dr. Seuss is great for kids because they're having fun. Yeah, and exactly. And that's what kids are all about. Yeah, totally. So, this was, the zookeeper was fast asleep. He woke up in a stew. Good heavens, somebody stole my keys. How can I guard my zoo? He spied a note attached nearby, tacked there upon a tree. I took your keys and freed my friends. It was signed, The Monkey. A postscript followed, and it said, "We like this zoo, the this zoo the best, but we will not return 
until all of our names are guessed. So will you do this for us? An impatient lion roared. We really need some fun. We've all been kind of bored. The monkey called down from the tree. Please play our guessing games, said Zookeeper. That's silly. I already know your names. The monkey paused. You're right, he said. But children love to play. Ask them to do the guessing. You'll get back your keys today. Okay, okay, said Zookeeper. Kids, please take center stage. Get ready to start guessing. It's time to turn the page. And then the next page says, are you ready to start? And there, you know, there's the, there's the, all, you know, all the, all the yeah. zoo and, and ocean animals. I could take one of them. Let's say the. Well, I won't tell you. <laughs> My coat is bright and speckled. My favorite lunch is leaves. Uh-huh. I daintily nibble down below, or high on the tallest trees. My neck is as long as a light pole. It makes little children laugh. When I stretch it out to lick your hand. You'll know I'm the... Giraffe. You are a smart guy. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's great. You know, I know for sure that the the zoo book that, that my kids would love, because uh, my son especially, because he, he, he's been to the zoo uh, several times, he, he loves the animals. And, I, you know, uh, giraffes and, um, and uh, lions are like his favorite, so... Uh, yeah, I, I thank you for sharing, uh, some, you know, some pages from both your books there, uh, Adorable Scandrels, which is for parents about toddlers, uh, which I, like, that sounds like something every parent will, will connect with. Uh, and, and your Guess Who Zoo book, uh, for the kids, uh, sounds wonderful. I, I, that is, um, something that, uh, I definitely would love to pick up for my children. I know they would love that book. Um, is that, now are these, um, books available, uh, all on Amazon? Um, or oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Anything's available on Amazon. That's true. You name it. Yeah. <laughs> you want a spaceship? Just yeah. dial Amazon. A- Amazon will, it, it, they're slowly turning into the Skynet of our world. Right. Uh, yeah. so. We have mixed feelings about it, but it sure is convenient. Yeah, you know, it is, um, that's, I feel the same way. Just a final note on, um, books and 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 the world that we live in today uh yeah i you know i feel the same way about um you know i prefer to hold a book you know you know in my hand and flip the page and and f- actually see the illustrations um if it's a book with illustrations versus the digital content like obviously it's really convenient to have digital content or really convenient to order a book online and have it delivered versus going to a a, a brick and mortar store um but I, I, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird balance that I live in because I am part of that new generation. But, like, I still am old enough to, like, know the joys of walking into a blockbuster, for instance, to go to, like, a different medium. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, the joy of walking into a blockbuster to re- run a video or, or to go into a music store and buy a record, like, those experiences aren't really around anymore for these kids uh, and everything's digital, and it's a great convenience for for everyone. It is, um, but there's something about the the physical product. I think that that you can never replace, especially walking up and down the aisles in a yeah. bookstore, yeah, making discoveries. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's how I found a lot of my favorite books when I was a kid. Was just walking, you know, whether it be walking up and down um, the aisles in the bookstore or. 
um, when huh. Scholastic like, would have their sales at my school, like just looking at all the tables full of all these wonderful books. Right, with a library. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not, like I mean, I'm glad that there's still like a decent library near us that we can take our kids to from time to time. It's I I uh, I, I smile when my when my son says, uh, you know, I give him an option sometimes at night. I'll say, hey, you know what? We've been reading every night. Like, do you want to watch? Uh, like a Mickey phone, like these little short Mickey Mouse cartoons that, that we watch on the phone, or do you want to read another book? And like nine times out of ten, he'll pick a book. Like I'm so glad that we live in that world still where kids, I think, um, I think kids still rather just read a book because there's something more wonderful about it than seeing it play out in animation or whatever on TV. Yeah, I think so too. Books are, are magic. Yes. And, uh, that's magic that we don't want to lose. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Howard, um, thank you for doing this show. Uh, it was great having you on. Uh, thank you for, you know, even more for sharing your stories with us. And of course, thank you and all your brothers in arms for everything you've done for this country. Well, I, I'm, I, I can't accept the thanks. I, we just did what we were, we, they said, come and we went. Yeah. Uh, and it was, if, it was a war that you know that had, that was it was a different kind of war than the ones we're fighting. Yes, yeah. four or five. Um, and of course, before you leave, I just want to make sure people um, know to find you. Uh, they can find you on Howard Eisenberg Author dot com, uh, and your Amazon author page, of course, Amazon dot com slash author slash Eisenberg. Uh, and you can find those books on on Amazon. Um, are they available uh, like at Barnes and Nobles and other brick and mortar stores? Uh, there are a few, but um, nowadays it's so hard. You know, yeah. Dr. Seuss took 20, it took him twenty seven uh, publishers till he got published. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that's... I just decided to self publish them. And... Yeah, you know what? That's that's uh, you know. Uh, all the authors I speak to are self-publishers. You know, that's it's it's um, again kind of the wonderful uh, world we live in, where where we have the the ability to do that now. Uh, you make some sacrifices, maybe if you become a self-publisher, but it's still um, you know it's it's the best way to get your story out there. At the end of the day, for some people, um, and I really admire people that self-publish. Like it's, it's there's a lot of work that goes into it um, that I, th- I think uh, the casual reader or readers don't really even know. So, uh, you know, good for you for doing it. Um, again, thank you for doing the show. All right, so the phone call that I had with Howard dropped uh, right as I was kind of ending the show here. Uh, so uh, we didn't get to officially say goodbye to Howard, but uh, yet again, thank you to Howard Eisenberg for being on the show. What a wonderful conversation. I really do hope that we get him back on the show soon um, so we can talk more about him uh, than, than we already did. Uh, make sure you find him, uh, on his websites that we've already mentioned. Make sure you find his books. Uh, his newest one is for parents about kids called Adorable Scoundrels, um, on Amazon.com. Uh, Google that or Google his name, Howard Eisenberg, Adorable Scoundrels. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at HHWST. 
Uh, you can find the show on Facebook.com slash Entertainment. You can find us on Instagram at Awesome Podcast. Uh, we're going to start doing some cool things with the different social medias and whatnot. I just got to come up with an official game plan. And, of course, on the brand new, redesigned, AwesomePodcast.com. You want to be a super friend? Well, you can. Coming very soon, in the next week or two, you'll see on the support page, you'll see Patreon supporters. You want to get in uh, early on the Super Friend page? Well, on the support page, there's already a PayPal link. So if you want to support us, it helps keep the show ad-free. It just helps us pay the bills. Um, you know, we cover all the bills ourselves. Uh, you know, and, and we continue to do so. We will always continue to do so. I've done it for the last 10 years. I'll do it for the next 10 years if I have to. But if you guys like the show, you like what you hear, you want to support a little bit, um, there's a PayPal donate link for now. Uh, we will have our Patreon. I want to commit to a date right now, July 1st is when our Patreon will be live for you guys. Um, that, that doesn't just cover everything that's awesome. It also covers all of that entertainment. The bulk of that right now is a lot of writing and uh, this show and uh, looking for RPG. That's the bulk of that entertainment right now. Um, and, and once we get the bills covered... Then we'll go on and do bigger and better things. Uh, I'm really excited for for the podcast. As I've said in some previous shows, uh, we have some big, exciting things happening uh, that I can't quite announce yet, but like you guys are going to love it. We have some cool guests coming on. We have maybe some live shows coming up. Uh, once the details are finalized and hammered out, you guys will be the first to know right here on Everything is Awesome and AwesomePodcast.com. Uh, go on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. That's very important. What's even more important is just telling your friends about the podcast, whether that's leaving a review uh, on iTunes and giving it a five-star rating. That iTunes math helps us get more listeners because more people will see it as there's more reviews and the more people that listen to the show, hear this, they leave reviews, and it, and it just helps us secure more uh, very cool, very awesome guests. Uh, that's not your thing, or you just forget to do it later because you're in the car right now, whatever. Just tell a friend. Put it on while you're driving the car. Let a friend listen to it. All these things help uh, you know, spread the word, the good word of everything is awesome. Uh, you know, you guys all stepped it up in the, in the month of May. Uh, we had some, some very good numbers compared to April. Uh, and I, and, and I think a lot of the audience came from, uh, the once upon a wine crowd, which is great. Um, and, and I can, t I thank you all from coming, for coming on board with this show. Uh, and I know what you do for them. You are a bunch of whiners, uh, and you spread the good word of them. Be a super friend too. spread our word. You can be a super whiner, you know, uh, combine it. You know, that's what, that's the, the what you kids do with, with people, right. That you want shipped together. You, uh, you could buy names or something. I don't know. I'm getting too old for, for understanding you pop culture references. Anyway, I've babbled on long enough, my friends. Uh, super friends, thank you for listening. We'll catch you uh, on Wednesday in just two days when we finish our conversation with Jeff Stormer. Uh, and then after that, I believe we're going to be talking to Brian Durkin of Full Belly Laughs. And then we got Jason Ashley of Too Cool for Tabletop. And we have some other people that uh, we uh, cannot announce yet, but it's going to be good times right here only 
on awesomepodcast.com. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at awesomepodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at crudehumorstudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter and Instagram at That Entertains.